brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. In this week's episode, we wrap up our focus on Monroe County Schools with an in-depth look at the Monroe County Achievement Center. And we'll sit down with Mary Persons High School Band Director Miles Benson to learn how he chose the songs for this year's fall concert. First, the mission of the Monroe County Achievement Center is to maximize the effort, character, and potential of every student served. That's a goal Principal Grady Caldwell takes very seriously. He recently sat down with Mary Person Senior Aaron Thompson to talk about life at the Chieve. How long have you been in this school or in Monroe County? And can you tell us about oh. your education background? Sure thing, man. Sure thing. Um, obviously, um, my name is Grady Caldwell. I'm the principal here at the Achievement Center. And just a little bit about myself. Uh, this is my 20th year in education total. Uh, I graduated from Albany State University in 2002 and immediately jumped in in the uh, field of education. Uh, my first uh, seven years I spent teaching and uh, I was a head coach, head basketball coach. Um, but my first job was in Clark County. Uh, so I did one year at a elementary school. I was an elementary physical education teacher. And then uh, I got into coaching the very next year and I went down to Bibb County, uh, which is in Macon. And I uh, spent uh, one year in Bibb County coaching there. And then my career kind of catapulted uh, to give me an opportunity to become a head basketball coach. Um, in college, I was a, a full scholarship basketball player. So I, I kind of wanted to get back into coaching because I knew it was one of those things that was going to allow me to kind of reach the students the way I wanted to be reached. Um, you know, I tell people all the time that, in, in my opinion, two things as far as or as why I'm here and why where, where I am now is uh, I, I've had a praying mother because <laughs> I've made a lot of mistakes in my life when, when I was you guys' age, and uh, I had a I had the ability to be pretty good with a little orange basketball. So those kind of two things kind of catapulted me to where I could be right now. And uh, so I noticed that may have been in my same situation. So. I naturally kind of gravitated to uh, education and, and teaching and coaching uh, because I saw a lot of myself and some of the students that we were working with or some of the, the, the players that I coached. Uh, so I coached for seven years, um, Bibb County. Then I went to Jones County and I was a head basketball coach at Jones County for three years. And then um, turned right back around and went back to Bibb County and was a head basketball coach at Southwest High School in, in, in Bibb County, Macon. And then uh, I knew at some point I wanted to make an impact on a larger level. Uh, so I knew somewhere down the line I wanted to kind of get into administration. Wasn't really sure and didn't think that I had an opportunity to get in administration as fast as I did. Um, honestly, um, I interviewed uh, with Dr. Finch over at Mary Persons. So I was assistant principal at Mary Persons for five years. And um, he took a chance on a 28-year-old uh, that was still trying to learn the game and learn how education worked. And uh, I you know, forever appreciate them for that because it, it, it's kind of helped to continue to catapult my career. Yes, so I was at Mary Persons as assistant principal for five years and I uh, learned a lot from uh, Dr. Finch and some of the other administrators over there. Even uh, Sandy Caldwell was over there at the time. Uh, Dr. Becky Brown was over there, who's a uh, principal now at um, KB Sutton. Uh, she was an AP over there with me. And then uh, later on, uh, Tammy Marion came in and learned a lot from her. 
and uh, Sarah Alford, who was at the freshman campus, we all kind of just grew together. And uh, I was able to learn a lot from a lot of good people. And uh, the opportunity presented for me to come over to the Achievement Center uh, and become a principal. And uh, it was just, again, kind of in a natural wheelhouse of what I was trying to do with my career. And then also be able to, you know, reach students and on a, on a, have a bigger impact, you know, with students and staff. Uh, so I've been here at the Achievement Center now for eight years. Uh, we tried to do things like uh, really change the perception of the alternative school. Uh, a lot of times people think about the alternative school and they think uh, it's just it's where all the bad kids go. And I'm 100 percent can say that that's not true. Uh, we house three different populations over here. Obviously, we do house the punitive population. Those are the students that, um, you know, went to a tribunal hearing and were assigned over here for that reason. But we also house what we call our credit recovery students, um, students that you know, may have gotten off track academically that need an opportunity to kind of maybe play the catch up game with ingenuity and that kind of thing. Uh, and then we also house what we call our atypical student. And this is a student that, that may not be in any trouble, may not have any bad grades. They just want to be in a smaller environment. Yeah. So a lot of times uh, we house uh, those types of students as well. And then I almost omitted our flexible learning program, which is a kind of newer program that we offer for some of our students that uh, receive services that need a more prescribed instruction. So we, we house them over here as well. So we got a lot going on at the Achievement Center that's not your traditional alternative school, where it's just all the bad kids go, oh, they fighting every day. No, that's, that doesn't happen over here at Achievement Center. So, um, What are some challenges that y'all face on a daily basis? Or do you have any challenges that you face? Oh, yeah, we always have challenges. And I think probably the biggest challenge, and I think not only we're going through it, but, you know, everybody's going through it. Just, we're still kind of on the back end, hopefully, of the, of the pandemic mm -hmm. uh, where we are you know, having students quarantined, we're having staff affected, uh, a lot of different, it's affecting a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And uh, so, you know, we still have some students that opted out to be virtually and not come in the building. So just those challenges that go along with that, trying to best serve the students to be able to make sure they're getting where they need. And also from an administrative standpoint, trying to make sure that our teachers have the support that they need as well, because, you know, we sometimes think that, you know, look, the teachers come to work, they get a paycheck, they're good, but that's not always the case. Uh, they're human beings as well. And they got things that, that, that are going on in their personal life as well uh, that you kind of have to ask them to try to leave at the door when they walk in. But it's hard to do as a human when you got a lot going on. And, and you know, I sometimes as an administrator have to back up and say, look, let me slow down a little bit and kind of make I'm hearing the staff and hearing what their needs are as well. So just kind of navigating through those barriers and those challenges that kind of come up. Um, I guess another challenge that we kind of um, that we kind of fight over at the Achievement Center is just perception. You know, uh, what do you think? What's your perception of the Achievement Center um, of the alternative schools? For the long for a long time, I did think it was a place for you know where the bad kids went, but then I actually found out that people that needed help would go there. And then um, people that just don't they need a smaller space. I found that out and that really changed my perspective on it. Um, right. Cause one of my, one of my friends went there and uh, I, you know, I thought they would have fights and he told me that they didn't, they didn't, it wasn't really, it wasn't bad. And right. uh, so right. I don't think a lot of people know that, which, right. which they should. Right. 
Which and I that's a challenge for us as well, just fighting that perception of, you know, the traditional alternative school. And it's definitely a perception uh, because, you know, if, if you don't know or if you hadn't had a chance to come in the building or if you hadn't known anybody that had already been over here, then, you know, your perception probably would have been different as well, like you stated. So that's a challenge and an opportunity for us to kind of do that as well. So I'm, I'm thankful for opportunities like this to be able to kind of come on and talk to everybody about what we have going on at Achievement Center. Of course. Uh, do you have any highlights from last year? We talked about the challenges, but you have to have some highlights. You had highlights, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the biggest thing that, that we always hang our hat on is, is graduation. Yeah. Uh, we we want to make sure our seniors are graduating. And uh, last year, uh, we graduated 23 out of the 26 seniors that were over here. Wow. And, um, yeah, and so the, the biggest thing about that is, you know, we – we try to tell people that uh, our, graduate, our students that graduate over here, they actually count on Mary Person's graduation rate. And so on a yearly basis, the students that graduate from the Achievement Center usually account somewhere between 8% to 11% of Mary Person's total graduation rate. And so what I mean by that is if Mary Person's has, let's say, a 90% graduation rate, Without our students graduating from the Achievement Center, the graduation rate could be somewhere like 80 to 82 percent, which is a huge difference. And so uh, every student matters in Monroe County. And whether they finish from here or finish from not from Mary Persons, uh, they graduate with a Mary Persons High School diploma. And uh, so we always hang our hat on that. Uh, we also had a student last year that was featured uh, with 13 WMAZ. Uh, beating the odds, overcoming the odds uh, in terms of graduating. Uh, she was featured uh, and they did a story on her. And uh, just really proud of, you know, the students that kind of go on and, uh, you know, have a plan after high school, whether it be get a job or whether it be going to tech school and that kind of thing. So just excited about the opportunity to really, you know, put our hands on them. And to me, those are our biggest highlights, our biggest moments. And, uh, you know, on graduation night, being able to be on the field with the students, and, uh, you know, hearing their stories and saying, like, thank you for everything you've done for us, uh, because, you know, I'm, I might not have made it if I had stayed at Mary Persons and or if I had stayed, um, you know, in, in that environment, per se. Uh, so those to me are, are the best stories, are the best highlights. So, yeah. um, For y'all's work environment, is it much different than uh, here at the main campus or is it really a lot similar? Uh, the biggest difference to me between the Achievement Center and the main campus is the transitions. Uh, mm -hmm. Our transition periods are a lot smaller. Uh, we don't have, what y'all get, six, five or six minutes to get to your next yeah, class, yeah, that kind five, of thing. Yeah, five minutes. Where our classes are one or two steps and you're at the, you're at the next class. So mm -hmm. we don't have those huge transitions. Um, the other probably bigger differences are that we're more of a blended learning format meaning that we combine ingenuity with face-to-face -face components. Mm -hmm. So our teachers do a real good job of going in and, um, you know, customizing courses to be able to take some things out of ingenuity that would be better suited to be taught face-to-face -face, uh, in terms of uh, instead of a student just kind of sitting on a computer and getting it. So we've done a great job over the last three or four years of actually incorporating blended learning. So it's not just always – 
sit and get at a computer on ingenuity and kind of get your work without any teacher support, especially in those milestone classes. So uh, that that's a that's a huge difference. But other than that, uh, you know, we do a lot of the same things. Our dress code uh, is the same as married persons dress code. Our students that are eligible to attend extracurricular activities such as the prom, such as football games, that they're eligible to attend those and uh, they can attend those just like a, a married person student can as well. So, um, well, uh, thank you for uh, thank you for your time. Um, that, that's okay. everything, and this is really great, really great. Uh, okay, this really will, I think, change a lot of people's perspectives on. Okay. Center. Thank you, Mr. Caldwell. Erin also spoke with one of the teachers at the Achievement Center who says she truly loves what she does. Let's listen. How long have you been at the Achievement Center and what do you teach? I actually came to the Achievement Center last year right after Thanksgiving, so I have not quite been here a year yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came on board as their, I, I uh, oversee all the sciences, but I teach biology. Yes, um, and do you enjoy, uh, what do you enjoy about teaching? I love my job. Um, and I, I know Mr. Caldwell just spoke a lot about the perception at MCAC mm-hmm. and I fight that a lot when somebody wants to know where do I work? What do I teach? The first thing they say is, Oh, bless your heart. Or I'm so sorry. It is completely wrong. I love what I do. I love being here. Um, I came here. Um, from another county where I had been a special education teacher. And at that point, I had been dabbling. Do I want to go alternative school route or not? And when this job opened up, it was kind of a sign from God that, hey, this is where you need to be. I love being here. I love having a smaller, more intimate atmosphere in which to develop relationships with my students. Um, I don't think very many people, I I know educators get this, but outside of the school system, um, teaching is very relational. Mm -hmm. If you haven't built a foundation of trust with your students, um, if you haven't built that relationship and that they, the student knows you're on their side and that you're pulling for them, you're not going to get very far with them. Um, A lot of our kids, come to us they feel defeated because they haven't been successful in class they may have made some bad choices and they feel like they're misunderstood and so to get to build that that layer of trust with them let them know I I don't even ask when they come to my class I don't care why you're here if you want to share it with me I'm listening Mm -hmm. I don't ever ask we just from day one start building and building and building. And my goal is for them to feel that they matter, that they're loved, that they're supported, and that whatever it is they're they're wanting to achieve, I'm I'm here to support them in achieving that goal. And has teaching always been your passion? It is actually not the direction I started in. Really? Um, In my undergrad, I was actually going to be a vet. And I don't like the sight of blood. I don't do surgical procedures. Well, I was the kid always passing out in labs and I figured that was not going to be the most, um, stable profession for me. So I decided I did want to go into teaching and it's evolved. I thought I was going to go into ag ed. I thought I was going to be a professor at one time. That's why I had my PhD. And as years marched on, I learned, well, professors really don't get that one-to-one 
with students that I, I wanted. I wanted to make a, a difference in, a, in students' lives. I wanted to help them make a plan for what they wanted to do for the future. So I, I decided um, professorship is not for me. I wanted to be an ag ed teacher. Um, and from there, started working as a uh, special education in a science class, waiting for the perfect opportunity to go into ag ed. And fortunately for me, I love teaching the sciences so much, I decided I didn't want to go into ag ed. So um, from being a special ed collaborator in science, I was given the opportunity um, here to actually teach biology. And I just love it. Yes, and uh, so, what is one of your favorite memories as a student, not as a teacher? Oh, there we go. Um, this is this is hard. Like, <laughs> there's so many, and it can be from college. Honestly, for me, it's not even a memory with friends. It's not even a you know so, a social meeting um you know going to football games I'm a Mary Persons grad actually oh wow so going to football games um that was all great but what I enjoyed was the the one-on-one connections made with the teachers um getting a joke around you know knowing that they were there to support me and to help me make better choices and to guide me Um, One memory that stands out the most, I have a twin sister and we were always kept separate through through school um, so that uh, one wasn't doing more work than the other. And finally, our senior year, I don't know what fell through, but we ended up in the same English language class. Um, And bless that teacher's heart, she could not tell us apart to save her life and so one day it was towards the end of the the school year we were both feeling a little frisky so I was like hey I'm gonna go in I'm gonna be you today and you can be me that was great until she announced there was a pop quiz my sister had studied I had not so I got credit Um. for you know I got credit for having studied when I did it. My sister, but you know, failed and she had put all the work in. And so we left that class that day and she, my sister was so mad. She said, um, never again, never again. I'm not ever doing that for you again. <laughs> that, seems, that seems like a great thing to have a the twin to be able to do that. That that would be amazing yeah. to do. We, we had a lot of fun times. Um, we were just joking the other day about all the times we would get to school and what we had had on prior to leaving the house was not what we were wearing in the hallway because we were always taking each other's clothes or accessories and then finally getting dressed at school oh, and getting wow. caught in the hallways and we start we start arguing and you know, <laughs> you know good times sisterly love right yeah. well thank you for this uh that's all the questions i have we also checked in with a senior to learn what life is like for a student at the achievement center great are you in i'm in 12th grade Okay, and uh, what is your favorite thing about the Achievement Center? I think my favorite thing about it is since we're on Edgenuity, you can work at your own pace. And if you need to work on one class more than the other, you can do that and catch up in whatever you need to catch up in. That's, that's just something I like about it because mainly going at your own pace. So you, you can switch between classes when you want to in a, like work on them, right? Is that, is that what you're saying? 
usually you go into a certain class and work on that certain class, but you can ask a, ask a teacher if you can work on another class for the day and oh, okay. they can give you permission if you can or not. Okay. Uh, and what are some things your teachers help you to do to support you in your classes? They really like try to push us to take notes, okay. which does help out a lot. And they, they're just really helpful with the work, like helping you understand something if you're not understanding it fully. Thank you all for talking to us about the Achievement Center. The Mary Persons Band recently held a Halloween-themed concert at the Fine Arts Center. The music was fantastic, but how do you choose what to have the students play for the crowd? Emmy Starr took that question to band director Miles Benson. Hey everyone, I'm Emmy Starr from MPTV giving you a special insight on the band at Mary Persons High School. Recently, the band held their Halloween concert, which you may have already heard some of the songs, but we thought you'd like to know how they were selected. High School Band Director Miles Benson gave us the details. Yeah, we had a really great fall concert. I was super happy with the performance of the kids um, after uh, really about two months of having a, a chance to prepare this music. And um, I thought they performed well and, and really seemed to enjoy the, the program as well. The concert band played three pieces. Uh, the first one is called March of the Trolls, which actually comes from um, an old uh, Edward Grieg um, sort of collection. And um, it's, it's really just kind of a fun little piece that uh, kind of evokes um, uh, Norwegian folklore where trolls are a big part of it and are essentially sort of the boogeyman for uh, a lot of Norwegian um, folklore. And so that was kind of a fun piece that sort of emulates and tries to depict that musically, which is kind of cool. Uh, then they did uh, Highlights from Wicked, the Broadway musical. We have a number of kids who really enjoy that musical, and so they had a lot of fun uh, playing that music, which actually ended up being one of our most challenging pieces. And then we ended their portion of the concert with a piece called Rampage, which uh, pretty much depicts what the, the song sounds like. It's, it's fast, it's intense, um, and it's fairly loud all the way out, uh, all the way through. So um, the kids had a lot of fun with working up that one and um, enjoyed ending their concert with Rampage. The Symphonic Band then came on, and they played. They were able to prepare four pieces. Uh, the first one is called The Witch and the Saint. Um, it's sort of a programmatic piece that um, is used to musically depict this old sort of uh, folklore uh, involving two twin sisters that were born back in, I think it was like the late 1500s, and uh, one ends up you know, kind of uh, being evil, and the other one ends up being a saint. And so you just kind of have contrasting themes, and that uh, had a lot of challenges for our students. The second piece is one that we actually added on maybe two weeks before the concert. It was a little bit of an easier piece, but it was a really fun piece, and the kids enjoyed it. It's called Hocus Pocus, and it has a lot of sort of sounds within it that really evoke the fall, Halloween, kind of spooky-type atmosphere. So that was a lot of fun. Our third piece was probably the biggest hit of the concert. It's called Voodoo, and it's actually... Um, a programmatic piece where uh, it's definitely not your typical piece. The students pretty much memorize all of their parts and their music, and they had to do that because the lights actually get cut off during the, the performance, and so the, the students perform it completely in darkness, 
and uh, a lot of it uh, is actually sound effects. So they're making uh, sound effects, whether it be with their mouth or bodies or with their instruments. Uh, that's not just typical uh, playing the instrument as they as they might normally do. Um, and so without with a combination of that, the lights being off, and then uh, many of the students actually have little LED flashlights because there's a visual element to to it as well with flashing lights and things like that. Um, so the kids had a lot of fun with this piece, and that was definitely a quote-unquote uh, crowd pleaser. And then they wrapped up their performance with a piece called Ghost Run, uh, which was just a really fast, upbeat uh, challenging piece that has a lot of cool parts and has some spookiness to it as well, um, but has a really big ending. So we thought that would be the most appropriate piece to end the concert with. And uh, yeah, they did a great job and uh, very his- proud of their performance um, and their their work that they put into preparing all four of those pieces and uh, looking forward to uh, hearing them again in December for the holiday concert. <laughs>
an amazing performance. Now be sure to catch the band's holiday concert on December 9th at the Fine Arts Center. Now before we go, I want to remind you about the Mary Persons one-act play going on at the Monroe County Fine Arts Center today. The students are performing Into the Woods. The show starts at 3 p.m. and costs $7 at the door. This is a complex show, but it's family-friendly and perfect for all ages. Again, that's Into the Woods, performed by the students of Mary Persons High School today at 3 p.m. at the Fine Arts Center. We hope to see you there. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools. <laughs>